Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorers. This week we're going to talk about why coffee is for closers, we're going to learn about why closeness counts in the 100 second challenge, and we're also going to learn about why spotting Jupiter in the sky, which you can still do right now, is an unexpected Vitality Enhancer. But we're going to start the Vitality Explorer News podcast this week, as we always do, with a quote. And here it is. Wealth and fame are like seawater. The more we drink, the thirstier we become. Wealth and fame are like seawater. The more we drink, the thirstier we become. And that's from a 19th century philosopher named Arthur Schopenhauer. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. And please also leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the Vitality Explorer News podcast. So let's jump right into why coffee is for closers, cardiac conditions, and surprisingly, to enhance your muscle mass or to prevent it from going getting smaller. So this is awesome because I love coffee. I don't know how many people out there really love it. It's one of the world's most popular drinks, if not the most popular drink, um, other than water, of course. But is it, a, is it possible that a beverage that, it, that people love so much can actually be really good for you? And last week, they had International Coffee Day. That's what's uh, sort of spurred me to kind of re- revisit this idea of why coffee is, is awesome. And the case for coffee, at least in the scientific literature, is, is pretty impressive. And it's growing sort of week by week, month by month, year by year. And a very interesting new paper that was published showed that drinking two cups of coffee per day was associated with a lower risk of developing low muscle mass. This is also known as sarcopenia. And in this particular paper, they looked at 20, or excuse me, 2,085 adults aged 40 to 87 years old, and they looked at something called the odds ratio and then how much coffee they drank. So if they drank two or more cups of coffee per day, they had a significantly lower odds ratio or sort of risk uh, of developing low muscle mass, also known again as sarcopenia. Now, they, the, the, the paper went on to talk about why they don't understand that, but clearly muscle mass matters. And in another post, we're going to take a really deep dive into muscle and why it matters. But it looks like drinking coffee may help decrease your risk of lower muscle mass. Now, disclaimer for this coffee Uh, particular discussion is that always check with your uh, personal physician and it's only for informational purposes only. So other data out there is again massive massive data sets and consuming two or three cups of coffee per day is associated with a lower risk of heart disease and this was in a study of over 380,000 people and it was conducted over 10 years with an average age of about 57 and 52 percent women. So this one had used a hazard ratio, and the hazard ratios sort of treated a, you know, a ratio of developing something versus a control group, and a lower number is better. So those people who drank two or three cups of coffee per day, and I'm going to take actually, wait for it, take a little sip of coffee right here. Ah, I drink cold brew coffee, by the way. Um, but the hazard ratio for was 0.91, so lower risk, same similar, also 0.92 for an arrhythmia. And here's what the lead author, Dr. Peter Kistler, said. And this is a quote from the paper. Quote, regular coffee intake, particularly two or three cups per day, was associated with significant reductions in incident arrhythmia, that's uh, a heart um, rhythm issue, cardiac disease, congestive heart failure, stroke, and more mortality. 
and improve survival in those with cardiovascular disease. The final conclusion was daily coffee intake should not be discouraged, but rather considered part of a healthy diet. Interesting. So that's the lead author from that large study that provided powerful evidence that drinking coffee can be good for you. And here's part of the reason why. Another uh, study found that coffee helps clear bad cholesterol. And uh, that's the headline from a, a study that was published in Nature Communications. And they found some of the molecular mechanisms by which caffeine can be good for you. And it's a pretty dense scientific article. Um, but I think understanding a little bit of this is, is helpful. So here's a quote from that paper. And again, if you want to read more about this and see some of the graphs on this, you can look at the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. And here is the quote from that paper. Increased levels of circulating low-density lipoprotein, this is like LDLC, are tightly linked to the development of cardiovascular disease. Despite the approval of several therapies that lower LDLC, many patients fail to reach their target goal due to intolerance, adverse effects, or simply the high cost of those medicines. So according to the article, caffeine consumed at moderate to high levels, 600 uh, milligrams per day, is associated with the... <coughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> I don't think you can catch a cold by listening to the, the podcast here, but greater than 600 milligrams of caffeine per day is associated with a reduction in your cardiovascular risk. Now, that's a lot of caffeine considering the average cup of coffee contains about 100 milligrams, uh, but variations in coffee beans and roasting can increase or decrease the caffeine content. The study found, however, that caffeine consumption impacted the expression of specific genes associated with cardiovascular risk. And again, this is a pretty dense paper, but here's one of the conclusions. Caffeine, quote, can cause a reduction in the PCSK9 levels. Now, this is a crucial because PCSK9 promotes the onset and progression of cardiovascular disease and, and represents one of the most challenging and costly, costly healthcare problems we face. So here's the bottom line. Um, lower PCSK9 levels are good for you. Drugs have been developed to lower your PCSK9, but a few cups of coffee might actually do that for you. So they looked at uh, a lot of different data and they found that at least 400 uh, milligrams of caffeine, about three to four cups of coffee, lowered it by 20%. So I think I'd rather have three or four cups of coffee than take a, a drug which may have some side effects. Um, so that it's probably related to the caffeine. Um, moderate uh, levels of that, you know, lower your bad cholesterol and may help reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. There's other, many other studies. And you can, again, look at the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you want to see how here there's a lower risk of calcium score with co um, uh, coffee consumption. And here's the quote from that paper. Habitual consumption of three cups of coffee per day decreased the odds of developing um, like sort of plaque. And coffee consumption could have a beneficial, on beneficial effect on coronary calcification, particularly in non-smokers. And the final one is kind of interesting in, in conjunction with the one that showed you that your muscle mass has improved, is that drinking three cups of coffee, a, a caffeinated coffee a day, was associated with less liver stiffness. So sort of the conclusion here is that coffee is, is really good for you in, in a variety of different ways, particularly in your heart also with your muscle, and maybe also with your liver. So, yeah, if you enjoy coffee, two to three cups a day seems to be about the, the level that would be optimal. If you're looking for more information, 
about why coffee is good for you or the data on those specific studies, I refer you to the Vitality Explorer new Substack. I put the abstracts from the paper. I put links to the paper, and I put some of the graphs from those papers up there. So drink up some Java and enhance your vitality. We're going to move on to the second discussion here, and that is why closeness counts in the 100-second uh, challenge. Now, as we have talked about many times on Vitality Explorer News, we're looking for non-pharmacologic ways to enhance your vitality. Some people would argue that caffeine is, is a drug, but uh, coffee and, and caffeine look like they're good for you. The one thing that is really amazingly good for you that people discount, and we've talked about this before, and that's social connection. And the data supporting social connection for your overall well-being, literally your, you know, whether you're going to live or die, is staggering. And lack of social connection can be as bad for you as smoking or obesity. So if you were smoking uh, or you were morbidly obese, you would want to maybe do something to help your, help your overall vitality. Um, but if you have very few social connections, do you really think about that? So that's why we're going to focus on this today. All right. And this is going to be something I'm going to be hammering home with my energized class at Stanford and with anybody who will listen out there in, in the world here is that I think there's a very simple way to enhance your social connectivity that's a, it's pretty much zero cost. And I call it the 100 second challenge because you can do this in 100 seconds or less. And here it is. Just text three people today and say hello. Just say you were thinking about them. Don't ask for a favor. Don't expect anything in return. Just connect with them and say you were thinking about them. Tell them you miss them. Try to maybe you know refer to a fun time you've had in the past. The, the point is to reach out and try to establish or reestablish that connection. And this is really good for their vitality, and it's also good for your vitality. And, and it's based on data. And so here, the title of the paper we're going to review in this context is called The Surprise of Reaching Out, uh, and that's appreciated more than we, than we think. And the researchers were looking to estimate or evaluate, you know, if you reached out to somebody else, how valuable would that be? And they were, they sort of gave this one to five measurement of the responder appreciation. So the idea of, of reaching out, and that's why I've gone with this text message thing, because I think it's very simple, it's very cheap, and it doesn't cost very much of your time. But if you reached out to somebody else, and it was surprising, so that could be somebody you met in school many years ago, that could be an old friend that lives in a different part of the country or a different part of the world, there was more responder appreciation than somebody who is in a familiar context. Maybe somebody who's close to you, maybe a, a you know, brother, sister, somebody who is a close friend. But if it's a friend that you haven't been, or a colleague that you haven't been in touch with, in other words, they get that you know, reaching out phone call, text message, that is more valuable than if it's unsurprising. And here's the, what the paper uh, concluded is the level of appreciation based on whether the connection was weak or strong. They found the weak uh, tie connectors had more value than the ones who were closer. However, both parties really uh, benefited from it. Uh, very, very interesting uh, paper. And this is something where we forget about it. And in the context of what's happened with COVID and isolation and disconnection or remote working, all of these things uh, have decreased our social vitality. 
And we need specific actionable ways to improve our closeness or connections. And I think this is one we can do because the cost again is pr pretty much zero. So the 100 second challenge, and I'm trying to promote this on social media. So if you do this, just put hashtag 100 second challenge and then text three people with a simple message of support. Now, what you're going to find is that maybe they don't respond to you. Maybe they do. Most people will likely respond to you, but they may say, thank you. Your vitality is going to rise when you, you know, you get these texts back from some other people that you haven't talked to in a while, or even somebody you talk to on a, on a regular basis. And I'd like to review another study about why friendship matters. And this is in the context of my amazing friend, James. You can see pictures of James and I up on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. He's one of the world's best humans. He lives on the other side of the country, but we text with each other or call each other. And, you know, he's my brother from another mother that we try to try to keep our friendship going because uh, we, we actually worked together for almost 20 years. And maintaining relationships takes effort. And, and sometimes vital people make this mistake where they don't realize how valuable they are. They fail to foster those relationships and they fail to pri prioritize, prioritize, excuse me, prioritize meaningful relationships. They may go to the gym, they may work on their 401k, but do they actually put the time and effort? Do we actually put the time and effort into staying in touch? Uh, and this is in the context of another paper we're going to review by uh, a researcher called Julian, named Dr. Julianne Holt Lundstadt. She's um, uh, one of the leading researchers in why social connection is of value. And what I found from her work, she's published many papers on this, is it's um, you know 40 to 80 percent. So let's just call it 50 percent of our health and wellness can be connected directly or indirectly to social factors. And here's a quote from the paper. Recent reviews and meta-analysis have begun to synthesize this evidence, leading to the conclusion that a lack of social connection has significant adverse health consequences. And so, so you divided uh, you know, things into a variety of components, structural, functional, and quality. And here's a few quotes from the paper. Uh, quote, the structure of one's social connections is often measured quantitatively by the assessing the size or diversity of one's social network social group membership or participation in living arrangements and frequency of social interactions. The functional, this continued quote, the functional component acknowledges our connection to others via the resources provided or available to meet various needs, including emotional, physical, tangible, informational, and belonging. And the final quote here is, the quality component acknowledges positive and negative effect effective qualities in our social connections. And these can be measured by things like relationship satisfaction, intimacy, closeness, strain, and conflict. So she provides sort of a framework of why social connections valuable. Um, and the paper went on to review 148 prospective studies and found, quote, social connection significantly influenced the risk of premature death from all causes. So do we think of that? Do we think of our friendships as a way to reduce our risk of dying? I mean, I don't, I, I still don't, even though I've read and reread all this, I do not think of it. But the data suggests that our social connective tissue is massively important to our vitality. And when we fail to fertilize our friendships, we're failing to fertilize our vitality. And that's actually kind of an interesting concept is like spending time with your friends or, you know, members of your family or members of your community is incredibly valuable for your health and well-being. So 
the other component of this is, is, is your mental health. It's not just your physical well-being, but the paper concluded, quote, better social connection is associated with better mental health and longitudinal data demonstrated an increased risk of de- depression if you had poor social connections. So maintaining social connections plays a vital role in protecting our health, and there's just a lot of data why. Um, one, of the, one of the key components, which we've talked about before in Vitality Explorer News, is inflammation. And again, you can visit vitalityexplorers.com to, to sign up for a free text message newsletter. You can also look at Vitality Explorer News on the Substack site uh, and subscribe to that if you're interested in, in getting this information either via text message or via email. But here's the, here's the key component of yet another study we're going to go over with regard to social vitality, and that is, quote, social isolation raised the odds of high inflammation to a comparable degree of physical inactivity. Think about that. Social isolation raised the odds of high inflammation to a comparable degree with physical inactivity. So people tell you you should exercise all the time, get out and, you know, take a walk. I do that as well, right? But you should also connect with your friends. So I think the paper really looks at why social isolation should become a public policy issue. There's lots of different things that are in there. Um, here's some specific actionable things in addition to the text message that I'll suggest. Start today and connect with an old friend. Wait for it. Call them up or better yet, meet them in person and have a cup of coffee. You can have some coffee with a friend would be an awesome way to enhance your physical and social well-being. Second, listen when somebody is speaking to you and listen with the intent of hearing. Put your phone down, try to just absorb what they're saying. Um, and engage with them, all right? When you're not listening to them or when you're distracted by looking at your phone, it really devalues that person. The final one is just to, you know, try to make it literally a goal. Like, hey, I want to lose five pounds. How about I want to I reconnect with two friends in the next month? Um, cast a wide net. Identify a person that you would enjoy spending time with for coffee or a meal, all right? So think about that. And, and then we're, you know, the idea of coffee is really good for you, you overall. Closeness counts, the 100-second challenge. And the final one that we're going to talk about today in the Vitality Explorer News podcast is spotting Jupiter in the sky and how it enhanced my vitality. So disclaimer, I am a little bit of, um, you know, a stargazer. I love to be outside. But what I stumbled, across, I stumbled upon last week is that Jupiter is at, at its closest to the Earth in, an, in over 60 years. So the last time Jupiter was this close to the Earth was in the 1960s, okay? Now, the question I had to ask for myself is, can simply looking up into the sky enhance your sense of vitality? All right? That's a very interesting question to me. Again, zero cost and potentially valuable for your overall vitality. So I was last week I was sitting down watching a Netflix show that was frankly lousy and moderately disturbing in addition to that. And I said, no more. And it was probably 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. And then I started looking at my phone a little bit. Look, I was like, oh my God, Jupiter is outside rising in the north. Excuse me, rising in the east. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, where can I go find it? I walked out and I looked up into the sky, looking into the southeast direction, and there it was. Boom, right in the middle of the sky. I live in Northern California and the skies were clear that night. Um, 
but it was pretty obvious and have a very old crappy little telescope look through that used my iPhone to take some pictures of it and you can see some pictures that I took on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site if you want but it was really amazing also partially because the the moon was at its waxing crescent only about three percent visible in the sky so it was a pretty dark night and when you looked up and you saw uh, saw Jupiter um, I had to, again, use a sort of an interactive sky map to make sure I knew where it, it was. So you can see the re- references for this on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. But it is the largest planet in our solar system. And it was about 40 degrees above the horizon at 8.30 p.m. in the southeast direction. And the picture I took is a little blurry, uh, but there's something called night mode on your iPhone that if you can take a 10 or if you have a little tripod, you can take a 30-second view of it. And it's pretty amazing. It looked like a small moon in the sky, all right? And when, you know, I could also look up and see uh, Orion's belt, which is part of the Big Dipper. And the pictures I took, frankly, aren't that great. But I was outside for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And I have to tell you that it, that it was just spectacular for my vitality. The pictures I took are nothing compared to the ones that that uh, have been taken by the James Webb Telescope. And I would encourage you to Google that, Jupiter James Webb Telescope, or you can see some examples of that on the Substack site. But just looking up and star slash planet gazing really was amazing for me. Number one, here's four reasons. Number one is you get out into nature. Number two, there's actually data that suggests stargazing is a stress reliever. And then number three, you can look up into the sky and you can kind of think, I was thinking about Galileo looking at Jupiter's moons a million years ago. And, and also staring at the sky can be inspiring and exciting. So here's a quote from a paper. And there's actually data on this. Quote, stargazing might cultivate well-being through increased physical and social activity in addition to developing personal growth through a sense of achievement. Wow. That's pretty crazy. So staring at the night sky, searching for Jupiter really isn't for everyone or perhaps even most people. I, however, found it fascinating and relaxing. Way better than watching a bad streaming show. And I should probably even, instead of just watching a streaming show, have been reading a book. But tonight reminded me yet again to take charge of my precious time and suspend my disbelief that just looking up into the sky could enhance my vitality. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer news. We've been talking about why coffee is good for your cardiac uh, conditions or for preventing cardiovascular disease, helping you with your muscle mass and liver, possibly decreasing your risk of developing liver stiffness. It is clear way beyond a reasonable doubt that social connectivity is really valuable for your health, your physical and mental well-being. And I would encourage you, if you can, just to take a stroll out without your phone. Maybe if you want to take some pictures, take your phone with you. But just get out at night uh, and, and think about it. There's on the on the Substack site again is this idea of dark nature. And that means instead of being out in the daytime, being out at night and looking around and stargazing as a way to enhance your vitality. Uh, again, I love producing the Vitality Explorer News podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. Please share it with your friends and family. Please visit um, Vitality Explorers on Substack and please sign up at vitalityexplorers.com if you're interested in in receiving a free text message newsletter about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. And until next time, as always, get out there and dare to be vital.